Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size inclusive fitness specialist and certified non diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight neutral, health at every size aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joyful Movement Show. I'm really sorry to have missed you last week. That is the first time ever in over a year that I haven't put out a podcast episode, and I do apologize if you were waiting for it. Things kind of got away from me last week, and I really wanted to be sure to give this episode the time and attention it needed because it's such an important topic. Today, we're going to address the question, is there a healthy way to lose weight? We're starting a four-part series this week all about the myths and misconceptions about health and weight. And I have three really great interviews coming up in the next uh, three weeks. But I wanted to kick us off this week by chatting generally about this question that I get so often. As a non-diet, health-at-every-size practitioner, when clients come to me, they know I'm not going to put them on a crazy restrictive diet or have them count macros, and there's not going to be any talk about calorie burning or toning the body and my fitness programs, but I still get the question, can you help me lose weight in a healthy or gentle way? Like they don't want to do extreme exercise because they know it's just too hard, it doesn't last anyways, but they're still hoping that I can teach them some healthy lifestyle habits so that they can lose weight and feel better and just be healthier. So like I say, I get that question so often that it warrants digging into and exploring all of the nuances within it. Now, when people ask me about, quote, healthy ways to lose weight, they are typically done with things like tracking or restricting calories, right? Most of the traditional diets out there, including WW and Noom, encourage tracking and restriction of calories to somewhere around 1200, which, by the way, is the caloric needs of a three-year-old. They also don't want to overexercise. They're done with going to the gym for an hour, five days a week, and like giving it everything they got and like pushing themselves to the brink of exhaustion. They don't want to eliminate food groups anymore. They don't want to cut out carbs, um, sugar, gluten, dairy, you know, all of the typical things that are go on like say a keto or a paleo protocol. They don't want to follow a particular plan where certain food groups are restricted. They're done with things like cleanses, detox, fat burning pills, metabolism boosters, or meal replacement shakes, or intermittent fasting. Those are what most people I meet would consider the unhealthy weight loss strategies. So anything that's labeled as a diet or involves extreme restriction or tracking or that promises a large weight loss in a short period of time, like more than a pound a week. Most people know that these are temporary strategies that they won't be able to sustain for life and that as soon as they stop eating or exercising this way, the weight's going to come back on. 
They know this because they've done it over and over again, and they're aware of the yo-yo pattern in themselves. And while programs like this certainly still exist and are marketed with just as much intensity as ever, and I'm sure they still make lots of sales, there's a new trend in the weight loss and fitness industry that we can lose weight without this type of extreme behavior, that we can lose weight in a more healthy, realistic, and sustainable way by making small and simple behavior changes like drinking more water, getting more and better quality sleep, eating, quote, clean foods or real foods, um, eating, quote, normal portions, practicing mindfulness and stress reduction. I've even seen having more sex as a weight loss strategy. And this is where things get really muddy because all of these habits are definitely things that I agree with and encourage my clients to do. These are definitely health promoting activities and they're definitely going to help improve your overall well-being. They are good habits. But do they guarantee weight loss? Not necessarily. And should we only do them because they could cause weight loss? Absolutely not. I mean, for each of those habits, you certainly could find studies that show people who lost weight, at least in the short term, by adopting these behaviors. For example, like sleep. There are so many benefits to getting a good night's sleep. We all know this. It helps reduce your stress, helps give you the ability to cope better with life, provides energy for your day, regulates your nervous system, and even helps your immune system. And there's some evidence that getting good quality, consistent sleep reduces cortisol and subsequent reduction in fat deposits. But really, doesn't it kind of seem silly that weight loss is the goal of a good night's sleep? I mean, we crave good sleep so we can feel and function our best in life and show up well for the people we engage with. Why would we only want to sleep better for weight loss? But the same type of thinking applies to eating, exercising, and even drinking water. I mean, drinking water helps flush toxins from your body. It keeps your cells hydrated, gives you energy, and it lubricates all your internal organs so that they can function their best. Water's good for you, plain and simple. It's silly to only care about hydration if it results in weight loss. We do this with food as well. All foods fit in a healthy and balanced life, but certainly there are foods that have more nutrients and are going to do more to support the overall good functioning of your body. Foods that are high in vitamins and minerals like fruits and vegetables and whole grains go a long way in helping us ward off disease and to have the energy we need to do the things we do in life. But should we only eat them if they cause us to lose weight? And same for moving our body. We know the benefits of regular movement. It helps strengthen our bones and muscles, helps reduce stress, improve the function of our brain. It improves our mobility and delays the aging process. But if it doesn't result in weight loss, and I see this often, we think it's not working and there's no point in doing it. So what I'm saying is all these health-seeking behaviors could result in weight loss, but more importantly, they're going to help you feel and function better. They're going to make a big difference to your overall health, regardless of what happens on the scale. I'm not saying I'm anti-weight loss. It's just that I don't think it should be the focus. I think we're really missing the point, and it actually feels pretty messed up that we can take any action that's good for us and only do it because it could result in weight loss. Because what if it doesn't? Then are you going to abandon those habits because they didn't work? 
I mean, maybe it sounds silly now after everything I just said, but honestly, I do see this all the time, particularly around movement or exercise. People will try it for a few weeks or months, but then they quit if they don't see weight loss, totally negating all the other health benefits they received from it. Very likely they had more energy. They felt less winded climbing the stairs. Their joints felt more limber. They had a more positive attitude. There were tangible, measurable improvements to their overall health and well-being, but without a change in the scale, it seemed like it was all for nothing, so they quit. And the same pattern goes for eating more whole foods or vegetables or practicing mindfulness, meditation, getting sleep, all those health-seeking behaviors. When we only do these things because they could help us lose weight, we're really missing the point. And at the end of the day, feeling our best is what we all want. And what I'm saying is that we can only do what's within our control. And that is our habits and behaviors. So is there a healthy way to lose weight? Well, The answer is maybe. You can make improvements to your overall health and functioning of your body by adopting health-seeking behaviors without restriction or over-exercising, and this might cause you to lose weight. So if weight loss does happen, then I'd say yes, you did so in a healthy way. However, if you're doing all the right things and it doesn't result in weight loss, doesn't mean you were doing it wrong, Or that you're not becoming healthier and it's not working, so you should stop practicing those healthy behaviors. What I'm suggesting is let's just take weight loss off the table and focus on what's within our control, and that's our habits and behaviors. Weight is not a behavior. And when we engage in health-seeking behaviors only to lose weight, it's really problematic and can lead to a very disordered relationship with exercise and food. And while we're talking about what's within our control... Honestly, health isn't really within our control either. We can do everything right as far as healthy habits go and still get sick or still have heart disease or diabetes or arthritis or anything else. Our personal habits really only contribute to a very small percentage of our overall health. Most of what contributes to health is actually social factors such as access to nutritious food and clean water and physical activity options. Education, employment, housing and income, environmental factors or systems of oppression like racism or discrimination and our access to health care. This is what public health policy focuses on in terms of helping to improve overall health of a community. So really on a deeper level, our ability to be healthy is less about our personal health seeking habits but more about all of the social, economic, and environmental factors that influence our ability to access those habits. Those of us who have no barriers to access have a better chance of being healthy than those who don't. Not everyone has the same privilege to just eat healthy and exercise more or to reduce their stress, and we need to be mindful about how we simplify that. Health is not a privilege that's equally available to everyone. And that's what really bothers me when I hear someone say, well, it's okay to be in a large body as long as you're healthy. This is said very commonly in our society, and it is so damaging and stigmatizing. First, we're making a broad assumption that this person is unhealthy because of their size without knowing anything about their personal habits or the things they have access to. We know that folks in larger bodies do not get treated the same in our medical system. 
Their symptoms are often overlooked or misdiagnosed simply because of their size, and they're often told to just lose weight rather than having proper testing, investigation, or treatment done. The stigma results in an inability to access quality health care, which definitely has a negative effect on health. Add on to that how folks in larger bodies are treated by our society in general. We tell folks in larger bodies they should just exercise more. But then there's no workout clothes that come in their size, or they're stared at or bullied in gyms. I mean, I could rant all day about how weight stigma prevents certain people from being able to access health-seeking behaviors. But the bottom line is, health is not guaranteed at any size. Do we ever say to someone it's okay to be thin as long as you're healthy? Or it's okay to be sick because you're thin? People are healthy and sick and everything in between at every size across the board, but we stigmatize those in larger bodies and hold them personally responsible for their health or lack of it just because of their appearance. And I know that begs the question, well, aren't there some people because of the certain conditions or body size that it's necessary to lose weight? Like, are you saying that we shouldn't tell the 60-pound person who has anorexia or the 600-pound person who's bedridden with congestive heart failure that they need to change their weight? What I'm saying is that the person is going to get a lot further with a holistic approach to health that includes adequate treatment and support for their mental, emotional, and physical health. And that if the weight stigma were removed and the person got equal access to the things they need to improve their health, And if they were supported to adopt health-seeking behaviors without weight being the only measure of success, they'd actually get a lot further and potentially make some long-lasting health improvement. That's not to say that their weight wouldn't change as a result of those habits. Very possibly it would. But it's the medical care, the mental and emotional health support, and the behaviors, that part of things that's within the person's control that actually contribute to improving the person's health. And they're much more likely to stick with those behaviors if the focus is on the overall well-being rather than just weight. So I hope that that helps answer your questions about healthy weight loss. And over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack this further because there's so many myths and misconceptions about weight and health. And we believe that there are certain conditions where losing weight is the answer and would heal or prevent this condition. Three in particular that we're going to dive into are uh, joint pain, uh, midlife or perimenopause symptoms, and, and overall fitness, like the belief that we need to lose weight to get in shape. So I've got some really great experts coming up to chat with us about those three things to really clear up the misinformation about those topics. So I'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, if you found this episode valuable, please share it on your social channels and tag at Radiant Vitality Wellness so I can thank you. Or you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those are always so appreciated and really, really help get this podcast out into the ears of people who need it. And finally, if you're done with dieting, restricting, or find yourself on a start-stop cycle with exercise and you're ready to trade that in for peace with food, joyful movement, and confidence at any size, then I would love to work with you. I offer one-to-one coaching through my program, Right Body For Me, that will help you take all of this information and integrate it into your own life so that you can leave dieting behind and step confidently into the life you desire. So you can learn more about that program and apply on my website, which is www.radiantvitality.com.
radiantvitality.ca. Bye for now, friends, and here's to your radiant vitality. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation, and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on, and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.